Good morning, my friends. Today is Sunday, September 6th, 2020. Our readings for this morning, and as a reminder, the readings for morning prayer are different, but very much um, chosen to align with, inform, etc. The readings for Eucharistic prayer. So what we're reading together now will not be the same as what you read in church. We are reading Psalm 63 verses 1 through 8 and Psalm 98, Job 25, 1 through 6 and 27, 1 through 6, Revelations 14, 1 through 7 and 13, and Math, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 20. God is spirit and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Be joyful in God, all you lands. Serve God with gladness and come before God's presence with a song. Know this, our God themselves is sovereign. They themselves have made us, and we are theirs. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving. Go into God's courts with praise. Give thanks to God and call upon God's name. For God is good. God's mercy is everlasting. And God's faithfulness endures from age to age. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. O God, you are my God, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. 
My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Psalm 98 O oh, sing to God a new song. For God has done marvelous things. God's right hand and God's holy arm have gotten God victory. God has made known their victory. God has revealed their vindication in the sight of the nations. God has remembered their steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to God with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before our sovereign God. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of God, for God is coming to judge the earth. God will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Job, chapter 25, verses 1 through 6, and chapter 26, verses 1 through 6. Then Bildad the Shittite at answered, Dominion and fear are with God. God makes peace in God's high heaven. Is there any number to God's armies? Upon whom does God's light not arise? How then can a mortal be righteous before God? How can one born of human parents be pure? If even the moon is not bright and the stars are not pure in God's sight, how much less a mortal who is a maggot and a human being who is a worm? Then Job answered, how you have helped one who has no power, how you have assisted the arm that has no strength, how you have counseled one who has no wisdom and given much good advice. With whose help have you uttered words and whose spirit has come forth from you? The shades below tremble, the waters in their inhabitants. Sheol is naked before God and Abaddon has no covering. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle A, A Song of Wisdom Wisdom freed from a nation of oppressors, a holy people, and a blameless race. She entered the soul of a servant of God, withstood dread rulers with wonders and signs. To the saints she gave the reward of their labors, and led them by a marvelous way. She was their shelter by day and a blaze of stars by night. She brought them across the Red Sea. She led them through mighty waters. But their enemies she swallowed in the waves and spewed them out from the depths of the abyss. And then, God, the righteous sang hymns to your name and praised with one voice your protecting hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and gave speech to the tongues of a newborn people. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, 
is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7 and 13. Then I looked, and there was the Lamb, standing on Mount Zion. And with the Lamb were 144,000, who had Christ's name and the Creator's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of a harpist playing on their harps, and they sing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who have been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. These follow the Lamb wherever they goes. They have been redeemed from humankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb. And in their mouth no lie was found. They are blameless. Then I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven with an eternal gospel to proclaim, to proclaim to those who live on the earth. To every nation and tribe and language and people. The angel said in a loud voice, Fear God and give God glory, for the hour of God's judgment has come, and worship the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who from now on die in God. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle K, a song of our adoption. Blessed are you, the God and creator of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Before the world was made, you chose us to be yours in Christ. That we should be holy and blameless before you. You destined us for adoption as your children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of your glorious, to the praise of your glorious grace, that you have freely given us in the beloved. In you we have redemption through the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of your grace which you have lavished upon us. You have made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of your will, according to your good pleasure which you set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather together all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket. 
but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to our Creator in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. I'm kind of liking this new format, friends. Um, It's a little closer, I guess, to what we see with the Eucharist, um, where I share my thoughts right after the scripture and then we move forward into prayer. I, I actually, there are days, <laughs> believe it or not, if you know me well, they are somewhat rare where the scripture does not light a fire with me, you know? Um, and today is one of those days. But I believe that it's not always an instantaneous effect. Sometimes it's a cumulative effect and we, you know, keep reading and keep going. Um, I do love the theme throughout our readings today about singing a new song. I think singing a new song to God, building a new thing with God and joining together in doing so are all common themes that are really important in this season. Friends, we have an opportunity here in social unrest that we would dishonor the memories of the victims of racial injustice and violence if we did not take. We must take this opportunity. We must take this opening. The one good thing that is readily apparent right now is that Evil has surfaced and made itself visible. That which was hidden and lurking beneath the surface in our systems, in our leaders, in ourselves, has made itself known. And now that it's there and out, we can deal with it. But deal with it we must, my friends. What I want to say about Job is how interesting it is that all the characters in Job see God as violent and vengeful. I really believe that we see God as we are. If we are violent, vengeful people, and I'm not saying that in a judgmental way, um, Job and his contemporaries were very much living in a violent culture. As I've said, I believe perpetrators of violence are just as much victims of the system as the victims of the violence. And, um, and so I think Job and his contemporaries, when they see God as violent and vengeful, they're seeing themselves reflected back. How's the quote go? Um, as if in a mirror darkly, something like that. 
our distorted vision, we're picking up on something. We're recognizing something in, in others or we're projecting, as in this case, we're projecting onto God that which somewhere inside we know is not, is not right with us. So it's very interesting to me here that, that they do this to God. And I think we continue to do this to God. I can tell you 100% without a doubt that anybody tells you that God is sending homosexuals to hell, that God hates them. That has zero to do with God and everything to do with the person who sang it, the culture in which they have assimilated. So I think there is a lesson for us here today that if we are seeing a God that is anything but love, if we are reflecting God as anything but love, then we're probably wrong and we probably really need to look at it. <laughs> and we must be, I had this great conversation with my, um, my conversation partner in sacred ground yesterday. And one of the things we talked about is that we've got to be brave enough to look at it. We've got to be brave enough to look at the ugliness, at the distortion and see it for what it is. And deal with the untruths. And we can do that with God. We are not alone. In God's love, we, we can be brave enough to look at things directly. And although the problems are not going to be solved, not always going to be solved all at once, you're not always going to get the response you need from the people that you need to partner with the first time. That is true. And also, <laughs> I believe it's true that, that we cannot tell anyone, any human being that they have to wait for justice, that it's somebody else's turn first. We fucking tried that. Excuse my language. We tried it. We said, this group has to have voting rights first, and then we'll work on this other. We have to address this with this group first. No. Every human being deserves justice. And we, I, I hope we, are not going to tell anyone, children, people of color, minorities, people of different faiths, we're not going to tell any of them I'm sorry, you just have to wait your turn to have your freaking human rights. No way, friends. I guess I did have something to say. <laughs> Often that happens. I don't think I have anything to say and then I get going. I just hope that it, somewhere in there, you can see through me and to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit gets a word in there some, somewhere. I hope something is resonant. I think Revelation, I want to, I want to talk about verse four here about this stuff, about the, the 44,000 are those who have not defiled themselves with women for they are virgins. I really like the way my commentary talks about this. It says, regarding verse 4, quote, They are virgins. 
a characterization of the 144,000 that may be understood metaphorically in terms of the sexual abstinence required before contact with the divine and of warriors before battle. So two things here. I think one is this is a metaphor. It's not meant to be taken literally. And what the metaphor is saying is that these 144,000 had prepared themselves for direct interaction with the divine. That's what it's saying. And the bullshit about defiling themselves with women is cultural bullshit. So let's separate that out. The point here is that they had prepared themselves to come in the very presence of the divine. They had with intentionality prepared the space to meet God, prepared themselves to meet God. This is the important thing here. Now let's address the cultural bullshit. The other time that warriors would observe abstinence was in preparation for battle. So it's very interesting here. I think clearly there's an idolization of violence and the myth of redemptive violence. And this was seen as a very male arena. So in not having sex before battle or before God and referring to it as defiling oneself with women. The, the group here is trying to designate women as the other. And there's an insinuation that the 144,000 are men, that the first ones that get to go to heaven are men. This is all 100% cultural Bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm speaking very strongly and very plainly and very assuredly today. I, I know these things friends. Um, and I know that I'm not going to argue anybody else into belief, but maybe I shouldn't come on so strong at any rate. This is, it's just crapola. Um, the, there are women in heaven Women are among the first fruits to go into heaven. Um, Woman is not second to man or anything like that. So I think we get tangled up in a lot of this this cultural crap. And the real point is that we want to get our own junk out of the way. And, And so the metaphor actually really ends up working for us here because this sexism is part of the junk that we want to get out of the way before meeting God. We don't want to have any of that between us and the divine. Just as those who first came to heaven were prepared to meet God, so we also want to prepare ourselves to meet God. So we need to really look through and understand and see two things, I think, and that's the lesson for me today from this reading. First, we need to see what the, what the real meaning is 
what is the metaphor trying to say and has gotten kind of wrapped up in stuff that's cultural stuff that's been taken too literally, right? And then two, and then two, how, how does that message speak to us in the moment of preparing ourselves? Um, and I'd say that we're kind of always preparing ourselves to meet the divine because there is the divine in us. So said a little bit more simply, what is the message and what do we need to clear out of the way so that we can clearly receive the message? That's what's important to me today from this reading. So thank you for listening um, to that. And I'm sorry if it was a little convoluted. And our gospel reading kind of speaks to this to me as well. I feel that the message from Christ through this gospel reading this morning is that Christ came not to erase what had come before, but to synthesize, to clarify, to, because the one commandment that subsumes and encompasses all the other commandments is the commandment of love and Christ was love come to earth right so to me this is cutting through all of that all the man-made stuff that had been put on top of of the commandments all the interpretations all the extras all the all the, um, I guess, distortion in the application and execution, right? And, and Jesus is coming to show us this revolutionary third way, like the way it's supposed to be, um, the way of love in and of and by what we were created. And... And the message here, I believe, is that Jesus Christ, who is love, is the culmination of everything, of all the, of all that was created and all that um, is continually evolving and transforming through grace and in love. And it's not a, it's not a binary before and after Christ or Old Testament, New Testament is the way we think about it sometimes presently. Rather, it is and Christ in Christ. And for me, at least that helps in clarifying a bit. Um, I've got to wrap it up and tune into my church service now. So I appreciate you listening to me as I kind of meandered and forgive me for getting a little distracted. Um, it was particularly hard to keep my train of thought today. I'm not sure what was up with that. Well, I am, I got a lot on my mind, but you probably do too. 
So thank you for being here with me. I hope that the spirit said something to you in all of this. Um, I haven't fully synthesized all of the messages yet, but the Holy Spirit definitely said something to me today. So let us together affirm our faith. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, she strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Save your people, God, and bless your inheritance. Govern and uphold us now and always. Day by day we bless you. We praise your name forever. God, keep us from all sin today. Have mercy on us, God. Have mercy. God, show us your love and mercy, for we put our trust in you. In you, God, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your begotten, our Savior. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. We pray especially today, God, for all for all those whose mental health is affected, and it is all of us who have experienced some mental anguish or mental difficulty. So please, God, lift the stigma around mental health issues and open the way for those who are unwell to become well in spirit, soul, and body, heart, mind, and will. We know, God, that it is your desire for all of us to be holistically healthy in all ways. So please, Lord, let us out of kindness and graciousness to each other, give each other the space and the support to heal and become well in all aspects of our being. By the love of Jesus Christ, this I pray. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. 
And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. We live without fear for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.